Welcome to the How to Trade Like a Pro podcast. I'm Wieland Alt and in this episode I'm happy to talk with Cameron Malik about trading, travels and lifestyle. Before we start, take a please a closer look to the risk disclaimer in the show notes. And now let's go. I'm here with Cameron Malik. Cameron Malik from Magnetic. Magnetic, Magnetic Trading, right? Cameron? Yes, Magnetic Trading. Yeah, excellent. I'm so happy that you found the time to come with me into this interview. I mean, it's not really an interview in terms of I prepared questions. It's more about, hey, let's talk about trading and uh, let's see what we have in common as traders and how do you how do you approach the markets, where we're coming from, and of course, also all the experience we have made in trading the markets, but of course, also in education with other people's bringing new trader into it and making sure that they also survive all this madness we experienced on a daily basis on trading. So welcome and thanks for being here with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great to see you again. Yeah, right. Exactly. We we met in Melbourne in Australia at the IFTA conference, which was also a great event and of course a good opportunity to meet people, to build a network. And this is something I feel, really feel like where, where all the conferences and expos are for. It's not just for getting some catalogs, but also really to meet people, to get connected. So, yeah, happy, happy to be there and to see and meet you there for the very first time. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. this is my first back at a conference after three years with sort of being yeah. locked down. With was oh, like, yeah. I mean, after, after the pandemic, yeah. everything was... You know, I, I was meeting people, really, most of them for the very first time, um, all the guys yeah. connecting to IFTA. And then I really was surprised that they have like a hip, they have legs, feet, you know, <laughs> so, because usually I know all of them from Zoom. <laughs> yeah, we're just from here. <laughs> yeah, right. So we just see upper body and feel like, okay, that's basically it. But of course, humans are different. We have some more to offer. And also, I mean, we get a couple of drinks, honestly speaking. We had some fun nights also. And it, this is what everything is about, right? Getting together, connecting together. Talk about trading. And we already did yeah. a bit. And, and you you were talking, you were telling me where how you started with trading. So and I thought this was so interesting because a lot of people ask themselves, okay, how can I start with trading? So what was your very beginning? Okay, so I started a little bit of an unconventional route. I started out in business at, at, at 20 um, in a very, very small distribution business. And the key thing is I got into business to be free, right? At 20, I'm like, okay, let me not go the employment route the corporate route, let me do business and I can ultimately be free. Yeah. So a bit of a long story short, that company developed um, quite a lot over the years and I ended up supplying some of the major convenience stores in the UK, soft drinks, uh, importing containers of soft drinks from Europe into into the sort of supermarket slash wholesalers in, in, in the UK. So through that journey, I discovered that I was totally not free in in business. You know, you've got offices, you've got staff, you've got you know cash flow issues, you've got insurance problems. Yeah. And you know, they say business is the greediest lover, right? Yeah. So this process, I'm you know, discovering discovering all of this. And then what kind of led me to trading, because I was trading in essence anyway, just maybe different commodities I'm, I'm shipping 
the commodity of Red Bull or Coca-Cola or Capri Sun or Evian Water or, you know, orange juice from Europe into into the UK physically. Yeah. And because I'm buying in Euros and I'm selling in in Sterling uh, and perhaps, you know, uh, uh, a chain want to buy X amount of product over a period of time, then I was having to use options uh, currency options to lock in a price in euro so that I can then in turn sell it at that price continuously in, in the UK. So this was, this was the start of that and, and the fact that I kind of wasn't really free mm-hmm. and taking commodities and essentially trading them, buying them at value in Europe and selling them for a different value and making, making the difference. Although having the full headache of all of the physical aspect of business, plus you know moving a container into a supermarket, you know, yeah. is can cause a lot of problems. So yeah, that's yeah. where I start. Okay, maybe I could shift gear and just really do what I'm doing anyway. Take out the physical component and just trade the markets. So that's yeah. how I got go. And again, a bit of a long story short with that was, you know, for me, like it was like a light bulb moment of, wow, this truly trading is the best business in the world because I have, you know, no staff, no stock. Okay, well, I might have stock. I've bought some stock, but I bought it in the morning, sold it in the afternoon, and I've made the difference. I've got no staff to speak to, no customer to speak to, no overheads, and yeah. you can do it in the world. So, yeah, that's the, the shortened version of how I, how I got involved and, and why I'm still involved and so excited about trading. Yeah, I love it because, you know, a lot of people ask themselves, or well, they come over and say, like, ah, I will never be a trader, and how, how can you do this? And they easily forget that we all are traders somehow, even – Especially if you're going from one uh, one country to the next, and you have to change uh, exchange currency. I mean, it's not really the case in Europe or within Europe. But if you go from continental Europe to Great Britain, of course you have to change. Yeah. You know, and therefore you're already trading. You're long and short, so you're selling like euro, and you have to buy. And already you're a forex trader without knowing. And I also love the idea of yeah, I just give physical stuff, physical commodities. And stick to that one. I really just need anything else but a computer for it. And this is really the, the definition of freedom from my point of view, of course. And uh, it really fulfills all the dreams we can have as long as we really know what we are doing there. So, yeah, but it's possible now because it's like, you know, 20, I started 26 years ago in business and it, yeah. it was possible then to do what, what, what we are doing now. So it was phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in general, if you, if you, if you talk about, okay, I'm, I'm going to hedge my position, like to make sure that I always have the same price for my calculations. Otherwise you couldn't do any business, you know, you would go broke within the next second. And, um, but switching from back then you, you were, you were trading Forex options and currency options. And now you're, you're trading the DAX, right? So how. How did you make the switch? Because in general, a lot of people just forex for liquidity and volatility. 
So how come that you yeah. trade for, uh, the DAX? Yeah, I'm trading your your whole market, right? right. So so. Okay, I got into trading. Yeah, I traded Forex, I traded commodities, and, and I just really didn't have any success tra trading those until I came to index markets. I actually started trading the Dow Jones. I was living in the UK at the time. And I just found with index markets, they have a, a certain predictability to them that they perform certain functions over time. Yeah. Uh, and those functions will be continuous in the market. So exam examples of that are, you know, uh, funds being introduced at the beginning of the month or selling at the end of the month or the market rallying when there's large dividends and so on. And I just found that there's a, it was a lot more predictable and I had a lot more success. Um, so I started out really as a Dow Jones trader. And then once I'd moved out to Asia, I did a couple of years of, of working at nine at night, uh, yeah. for the, for the market in America. And I thought, okay, enough of this. Uh, yeah. and I switched gears into the DAX really just because, because it's a sort of similar volatility between the Dow and the DAX. And I like a, I like a volatile market. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I experienced the same like you, uh, or what you experienced years before and what really made to change your mind, not really the mind, but the market as well. Uh, when I was in Australia, it was like really for, for dealing with Europe, the worst time zone ever. Not imagine about how to deal with the US, you know, because you get, have to get up in the middle of the night to do a trade. And you can do this once in a while, but for sure not for, for weeks, months, or even years, right? So, so, exactly. yeah. And it goes back to what I was talking about. We, we're doing this or we're involved in trading for, to be free and, and have a lifestyle. You know, of not being controlled by our work, rather us enjoying our work and and our work fitting in with you know how we how we want to live or where we want to live. Yeah, yeah, true. I mean, there are so many opportunities we can use and markets. So yeah, we can stick to one. And also in in Asia and Thailand, I know there are a lot of people just trading forex because it's a twenty four seven market. But if you look at the chart, the Asian session it exists. True. But it's not as volatile as the European market or when all the markets come together, like Europe and, and, uh, the US as well. When, the, when all of them are trading, it's like crazy and it's, it's nothing compared to, to Asia. So still, yeah, you, you are somehow, um, yeah, forced to, to do the, the afternoon trades, right? The afternoon markets. Then you're free to go also to the, uh, to the index. Sure. Sure. I mean, I trade here about two or three o'clock in the afternoon for the European session. Mm -hmm. Um, I do, however, think index markets, particularly the NASDAQ is really great in the Asian session. Mm -hmm. Um, so people in Australia or people out, out in Asia, you know, I really do recommend NASDAQ, uh, cause it's less, it's less volatile than when, when the US is, is, is open and going crazy. True. Yeah, it's true. I love the Nasdaq. So I, I, I love to trade the Nasdaq for a reason, for the volatility, of course. And it's true for the yes opening, you better stay away from that one because it's like, it's a stampede, you know, <laughs> like changing direction all of a sudden, leaving like 50 point candles and stuff like this. 
So yeah, mm. true, true. And that's also uh, the upside if you trade uh, indices, especially with the future. I mean, you can trade different products like CFDs, uh, of course. Uh, but um, with CFDs, if you're not like within the market hours, you have a higher spread once in a while, depending on your broker, of course. But with futures, you don't have that. You just have the same spread and just uh, some fees and that's it. So therefore, yeah, out of the, the normal market hours, it's pretty good to trade the, the NASDAQ. Totally true. Yeah. Let's talk about your strategy. So you were talking about, okay, there are some strategies like high dividend days or something like this. Do you follow more the technical approach or do you follow more the fundamental or like these uh, certain days in the months, which are some kind of cycles? What approach do you follow? I mean, the majority of my trades are, are formed on what, what we call market function, which is back to, you know, those key buying days, those key selling days uh, in the market where certain things are going to generally play out. Or what is the institutional thinking on that? At the end of the day, the institutes are moving the market, right? So I want to be on the back of that. It's not to say that I'm not going to add in some technical analysis some fundamental analysis into that as well, knowing that, okay, on this day or this size of dividend, I'm expecting the market to start to rally or some participation in the market. Okay, so then I'm going to look at the technicals to to confirm to confirm that. Yeah. But really what I'm more looking at is why is the market getting driven and having some kind of reason or potentially the market is really out of balance as well right. is there some massive inefficiency and i remember telling you before but you know probably the best example of or the biggest example of an inefficiency in the market was when donald trump got in mm. and overnight the dax dropped by more than 10 percent. so you know it didn't really make sense that the dax or german stocks were devalued by more than 10 percent by a U.S. president getting in. Yeah. So, well, so, so that's one reason. Mm -hmm. The second reason is that from my uh, thinking that an institute or institutes can't miss that buying opportunity where, the, you know, they're going to potentially come in in the market at the open to mm -hmm. at least dollar cost average into the yeah. market of, okay, more than a 10%. Dip. In fact, it opened about 9% down. I think if it opened more than 10, the circuit breakers would have kicked in and it would have ceased trading for a while. But it was about 9% down. And, you know, from memory, the market rallied, you know, 6 7% in 45 minutes. So, you know, these are extreme examples of, of why the market's getting bought up. But, you know, we have smaller inefficiencies that happen, um, you know, every week. So for, for for myself, I like to trade on on the on the back of, on the back of those. I see. I mean, in general, what what um, the idea of things like this, where, where moves are pretty overstretched, and you know all the inefficiencies we see in the market. Okay, got it. But if you if you just enter the market, and let's say you're retail, and you go into the futures market, and then you see, okay, I have like an inefficiency market drop like ten percent. And I am willing to go like as a buyer, I go I like to go enter the market because from my point of view, it's totally like ridiculous to drop 10% overnight because of a US president coming in. I mean, what, what can he do for the decks? 
like in, in short term, long term, okay. But what can you do short term? So the idea then is to enter the market. But the questions that the questions that will arise now is where do you exit? How do you exit? When do you exit? If the market drops, let's say another five percent or two, let's say two percent. And that's mostly the most difficult question to answer for a retail trader because pockets are not that deep mm. and like institutional, right? Sure. Absolutely. You're totally right. You've got to have, okay, wh where am I wrong? Because this is mm -hmm. my, my thing. Yeah. So then I need to my thinking with the chart, which, which is where the technical analysis comes in. So yes. I need to start seeing some, some participation in some buying that supports my view. Okay. Yeah. So I've seen some reversal happen in the market, maybe in the futures, maybe at the open. And mm -hmm. now, I, Okay, well, look, I can enter the market and find a reasonable place for my stop. That the mm -hmm. buying has actually started to come in. That means that the lows technically won't break and maybe I get my stop in below there within reason. We know that, you know, people can get stopped out on those lows. Maybe it's a little bit below a normal, a normal area. So giving it room and then w watching the trend of how, how it, how it's going. Knowing that, you know, perhaps yesterday's close was was at a certain level, maybe fifty percent of that's going to close. Yeah, is it all going to? Okay, we've got to fifty percent of the gap closing. Okay, maybe I'm going to take half out now, and then I'm going to run and you know use simple trend following strategies to do that, and, and then confirm. Okay, the trend, this buying is finished, or this selling is finished i'm gonna gonna cash out or perhaps even just trailing a stop all yeah. the way and then but certainly yes knowing the risk profile of going this is where i'm can getting my view confirmed from the chart this is where my view is going to be wrong and this is where i'm going to get myself risk-free because you know we can for sure be be wrong in the market and something else can happen exactly i mean is that because that's why i'm why i was asking what point to really start to use technical analysis or is it just like okay i see some some price action which is like a little bit weird and i just jump into market because when i see someone like you but you know when i hear somewhere i read someone a blog on on on, the, on social media yeah well market is so exaggerated or it's so ridiculous how, how far it dropped i just go in and then i look at the chart and like, how why when <laughs> you know what yeah. are the reasons what is your protection so it's like kamikaze style right so that's what's very important for me also to point out in, in this, in this, um, in this podcast to make sure that people not just, just jump in uh, doing suicide, but really have a, a well, it's a serious point where they can really or need to exit the trade because they might be wrong. And also I really yeah. um, like the idea of having a little bit more room to move, not going really the low and one point, but you know, giving some room to move for all the little fakes and spikes might happen. Yeah, exactly. And also looking at, so, so look, if the markets drop by 10%, where are those key levels of support? You mm -hmm. know, the uh, daily chart, the weekly chart, the monthly chart, yeah. you know, does the market want to go down to there? And is the market starting to reverse those key levels? Mm -hmm. And that's what I'll be looking for as well. That, you know, again, adding to the fact all of the technical analysis as well. Yeah.
How do you deal with profit targets? Do you use profit targets or do you feel like, yeah, but just use the volatility of the day or of a move? It's also, it's not just for me, the, the question that will never have a real answer or, or do you really found an answer and say, okay, I always go with two hour, five hour, whatever you're looking for. It, it depends on the trade. So I'm either looking for, for normally two types of trades, either some kind of reversal or I'm yep. looking for a breakout. Uh -huh. So depending on, let's, let's take reversals uh, for a second. So depending on the trend, so say for say for example we're in an uptrend yeah. and we are going to reach um, what I perceive is the end point of that trend. I think okay, look, if the market gets beyond this level, it's probably going to go here in the short to medium term. Mm -hmm. So then I'm going to look for a reversal, a sell reversal from that level. Mm -hmm. At that point, I'm going to probably look for a target of about 30% ATR. Using right. I use a 5 ATR, I'll look for about 30, 30%. And then I may look to run the trade. So I'll use 30% ATR as a, as a, as a stop and, and look for levels around there. That maybe I need to move the stop a little bit. And then as soon as I'm kind of one-to-one, -one, I'm going to normally get myself risk-free yeah. and then manage the trade from there and see see what's going on in the market and so on. So those are those are reversals. Uh, obviously, that's where a market's moved up and we're, we're selling against the trend. If, you know, we're doing a reversal from where we're buying with the trend, then that's going to be slightly different for me. So now, okay, the market's going up. So say, for example, like at the moment, the DAX has just been going up and up and up and up and up and up and up. And, you know, we're all going, well, you know, I can't buy it here. I'm waiting for uh, a retracement, right? A retracement, some key levels and a reversal. Now that's going to be maybe a little bit different for me. Again, mm -hmm. I'm going to use similar principles of use, maybe 30% ATR stop, but maybe because I'm with the trend, and we're in potentially coming up buying season. So, mm -hmm. you know, seasonality at the moment is December. Normally we see that in, in the first couple of weeks of December, we see a bit of weakness in the market and everybody knows about the phenomena of the Santa rally that, yeah. you know, that potential come in. So therefore I'm going to maybe look for two R, three R in the trade. But the key thing is I'm always going to be looking to get myself risk free. So anyway, not to go into too far, but those are two reversal scenarios. And then the breakout scenario is where, yeah, I think that the market, so maybe I'll give you an example of something I'm thinking at the moment. For myself, the NASDAQ is a little bit negative while it's below 11,700. Now, if we can break 11,700, my belief is we're going to 12,000. We can get beyond 12,000 and we'll, we'll get up back to the 13,000 levels. Yeah. So again, I'm going to look for getting myself risk-free, but I've got these profit targets and they're going to be based on, you know, key support levels or key resistance levels in the market. Yeah. I may do a short-term trade and turn it into a swing trade and then just monitor today. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that's pretty cool because you mentioned like a couple of things which are very, very important also just to, to, to note. 
Uh, first thing is that you feel like, yeah, there are two, two types of counter move trends, counter trade, uh, counter trend and just counter move, like trading the correction. And it's totally, totally true. So going with a trend, like out of the correction with the trend is the best trade you could ever do, right? Because you just go with a trend from the very beginning again and again. And the risk of being stopped out is pretty low because market already goes the way it used to be. And the other one is going for the correction is where you can stop, be stopped out very easily. If market is very, very well moving into one direction and not just having a correction because everybody's just buying the dip or selling for selling it anyways, you know. So, and I find myself here as well because my strategy is basically everything about counter move, not counter trend. I also love the second one where you go like also the one going with the tr uh, trend, but I'm totally aware of, of exactly this, you know, that you have like really a scalp trading the correction. But you have a high, uh, well, a high probability of occurrence that it really goes into a profitable target, but it's not that high. But trading with a trend, yeah, you get a couple of, um, well, very high risk reward ratio if you go over. And that's the next point, uh, you, you pointed out. If, if you go over from short term to like a swing trade. So this means. Cameron, you're also switching time frames within your trading, going from intraday to daily. So, yeah, yeah. And depending on, yeah, depending on what, where the mark, where I perceive the market to be at, are we in a trend? And what is my perceived progression of that trend? Um, yeah, I may, I may look to run positions. You know, what, what news do we have coming out? Like next week, we've got the Fed coming out. Do we really want to be in key positions? We definitely don't want to be positions no. which are not risk free, you know? No. So, so yeah, so that might be where I'm looking at. Okay. I've taken the short term trade. I might have taken 75% off. I'm, 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 I'm in profit, but I'm maybe going to run run 25% for a swing trade. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's another point. A lot of people don't get this. They, you know, a lot of people try to trade, uh, like news, like let's say non-farm payrolls or whatever comes up or like, let's say maybe fed, fed meetings, uh, interest rate decisions, ECB or ECB, uh, fed, whatever. And how do you feel about this? Are you the guy who just goes like, I know, I know what the news are about, or do you go with like stop sales, stop buy, limit order, whatever into the market, or just stand by and watch? Um, so I'm definitely not a news trader. That's for sure. Um, I don't participate in the news. So I'm normally, well, I'm always risk free going into major risk, uh, major news announcements. If I am in positions or I'm just get out. Um, the only thing I will do with the news is, and I, and it's quite good because we just had non-farm payroll. So yeah. on my trading plan, I have key levels where I'm looking to maybe buy or sell. And they're normally quite far away. So for example, and if I remember rightly, yeah, I need to, yes, on Friday, last Friday, I had a key level in the DAX at, um, don't quote me, I think it was 13,700. If I'm wrong on that, it was, it was around that level. Mm -hmm. And non-farm payroll pushed the market into that level. Yeah. 
I'm willing then to look for a reversal to buy. Yeah. So it's more of an effect of this is a really, really um, key level in the market, which I believe is support. But I not only believe it's support, I believe it's a key value area in the market yeah. for institutes to come in and buy this up. So I'll be looking for buying participation at those levels. And that's the only thing that the news may be the catalyst to go into, into one of those levels. But again, yeah. I'm going to look for competition and then I'm going to get in and I'm going to put my risk, set my risk accordingly. So yeah, I'll maybe try and give you the example of the one on Friday. I might have got the number wrong, but but I traded it on on Friday myself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's not really always about the number. It's more about like to think about yeah what I'm doing because a lot of people got got some misconceptions about trading the news and they feel like positions themselves above and below some candlesticks or whatever. Turns out that it got stopped in, stopped out at the same time. <laughs> you know, because exactly. of the volatility. I've done it. You know, we learned that one. You know, 10, 15 years ago. You know, someone gives you this idea, and you think it's great, and in practice, it's just not. And and I think it just goes back to going, why? What is the reason that you're trading? Right. What is the? You know, I'm always telling my guys this. Like, what's the? What's the story or what's the business plan that you've created to the trade? Yeah. You know, you're, 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 you're investing in something. Whenever you trade, you're investing in your own idea, your own thing. So what's the evidence to back this up? What's the, whereas if you're just jumping in the market, we, we always kind of say that, you know, good news to somebody is bad news to somebody else, right? So if it's good news, you think, okay, the market's going to go up and guess what? The market's already baked it in and, and the market drops. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah, and that's a textile point because you never know what, up to what uh, extent things are already priced in or not, you know? So sell on good news, buy on bad news, whatever, it's, it's already priced in. You don't know. You know, I'm, I'm, I studied economy. I have no idea what numbers are about and why, why the market is moving this or that way. Because it's for me, it most, most of all, all the behavior after news is random. <laughs> you know, because everyone is jumping in or jumping out. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, do you know any, any successful news traders? Not really. But most of most traders I know trade the same way, like you do, like I do, with, you know, some individual twists on it, but it's more or less all the same breakout, reversal, doing correction, counter move, counter trend. Okay. You name it. So mostly that's what it is. Adding some yeah. spice into it with indicators and oscillators or not. It's this, these are the individual points, but in general, we are doing the same. That's what also that's I feel true. really is cool. News trading. Not so sure, no, not really. Do yeah. you? No. Uh, no. Well, politi politicians, that's it, you know, insider <laughs> trading, any, any, any of those guys, I'm sure. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> so if, if, you, if you come up with this, I mean, there are all these memes, you know, Nancy Pelosi opening a trade. And I mean, it's not really of some of our business, but well, this is, that's the only thing I hear something and it's just more for joking around, but not really something where I feel like it's true or not true. Um, but no, yeah. no, I'm curious, I don't know any, I like, no, I don't know anyone. 
uh, the news trades. Yeah. So so same same for me. And but what I always suggest is when you when you feel like okay, I have to trade the news now. You have to watch the news and then see what unfolds afterwards. You know when market goes back and forth, up and down, crazy. When it returns to normal, somehow a new trend needs to unfold. So something will happen. So this is that's the only thing you can do, or what you suggest that you have to, uh, the definition of some really, really important key levels. But these are definitely not five minutes or 60 minutes. They're like daily and weekly where everybody's looking for. And there you can give it a try. Also what you said, like looking for reversal signs. For me, I always use candlesticks for this. I love the hammer and the shooting star, for example, which really is a picture of pain. You know, if you see this, you know, somebody's already in pain. <laughs> so, so this is basically what it is, right? Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about one other major point, which is very important in trading. That is psychology. How do you feel about that? As an entrepreneur coming out of business, you should be aware of this and you already gone over it, right? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's, it's interesting. Uh, look, psychology is, is a massive part of, of, of trading. Um, not only from a perspective of, I think the first part is just really treating your trading as, as a business, having the psychology that this is not fun. This is not, you know, trying to make a lot of money very quickly. Yeah. Uh, this is a business like any other business and really knowing in business your best offense is defense right so you know we know the best traders are more thinking of defensively mm -hmm. in their trading rather than the upside so so where can i be most successful and through through the journey i think also with psychology is discovering your own psyche of what you can deal with like you know you'll you'll know traders that are happy to lose seven times and win three times to gain big you know six r's five r whatever i'm oh, not yeah. like that i know that i can't do that i have to you know most of my trades are 75 percent up success yeah. rate so that allows me to keep my confidence high yeah. um particularly if you know, you're not going to be trading a lot as well. So, you know, if we know that probability is going to say that we're going to get a string of losses. We just can't get away from that. So going to back to your questions, like how important psychology, I think psychology is everything, um, but psychology has to be based on a solid business plan and then, you know, a business plan from the higher level. But when you're in the trenches, remembering what the overall plan was that, yes, we can get three losses in a row yeah. and we don't need to change strategy and not getting, getting, um, you know, diverted from, from what we're doing in sort of a recency bias. So just being very, very aware of that. But yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's key in and, and probably one of the largest factors in trading. I mean, as, as an entrepreneur and also, I mean, you're the best example for this doing import export. I mean, you can also, you can always have a container or at least a batch of orange juice going bad, you know? So you bought it, you want to make business, you want to make a profit, but you have just 
to, well, throw it away because it's, it turned bad or a container of Red Bull got stolen or whatever, right? I did. I had a, <laughs> a container of Red Bull went missing. 50,000 yeah, euros. Yeah. 50,000 euros gone. <laughs> you know, yeah. so, you know, taking some risk always. Uh, but can you, yeah, can you deal with that risk? Uh, and is that risk going to blow up your business? Yeah. Um, and as we know, one trade can one trade can blow up your your whole trading business if you if you haven't really thought about the risk element. Yeah. Which again goes I mean, back into psychology, really. You know, because it's people don't want to lose. People can't are entering trades only to win. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are always some people talking about, okay, um, welcome to the no stop loss gang. I mean, there's a guy on, on Instagram doing some trading memes, things like this, you know, when, but he once in a while says, okay, you're better off without a stop loss. And I'm sometimes I'm thinking about, yeah, maybe yes, but for sure, no. How do you feel about this? 100% no. Like, yeah. for sure. I mean, even when we were at the conference, I think someone said, you know, stops are for buses. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. you know, I think that maybe we sometimes have to be a little bit liberal with the stop, you know, yeah. that we, we have to give the market a bit of room. But you always have to have a circuit breaker, something that's going to look this is totally wrong and I'm, yeah. I'm out of the market level and and at that level it's going to cost me x and i'm happy with x yeah. you know um but yeah i think you know if you're trading without stops then you know trade options yeah yeah or be you know i mean there's also the saying you know this i'm pretty sure if if, if, if a trader becomes an investor you know, you just sit on your stock right. hoping that it gets yeah. back to break even at least once once in your lifetime. But that's not basically the idea of being a trader, right? It's more like, yeah, I'm gonna get um I'm gonna get to the point where you well, of course you have to you have to exit your position if if it turns out to be a losing position. I mean, what what can you do? And yes, I was talking also with the guy that's like saying stops are for buses, and we we are actually we were testing some. Um, it was very interesting. We were testing some strategies, so he was programming them, and he said, "Okay, the strategy is shit." Uh huh. Let's see. Let's put out. Let's just leave the stop loss, and all of a sudden the strategy was good. You know, and I felt like. How is this going? And it's yeah. in, in, in theory, it might be good, good, right? It might it might be a good idea, but in practice, that is where psychology comes in. It's not because you're almost, from my experience, you're on on a certain point, you just freak out because you feel like, oh, where's all my money gone? And maybe you you tend to well go you add up to your position, even though it's losing in order to get out, you know, and this is where disaster comes in. For Disasters. I mean, yeah, yeah at the end of the day, you look, there's theory, and then there's trading the market. So where the theory is coming from, you know, so, yeah, are they real traders trading real money? That's the, that's the difference, because from a plan perspective and back in the trenches, it's totally yeah. different. 
Yeah, it's true. As you say. Yeah, true. I mean, yes, I'm always going with a stop loss, but still it's, it's like, I feel like, okay, why are these people talking about this? And when I take a closer look, it's always for me, shit. It's, you know, it's really bullshit because no, it can't work because we are not machines. We're not just waiting forever until market reverse and we come back. It's not that way. And also, if you, if you go this way, um, the earlier you go out of a losing position, the easier it can go in because you haven't left so much money on the table. You just went out and it's easy to come back. If you have a huge loss, wow, it takes ages. Yeah. <laughs> it takes ages to come back. Yeah, devastating. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's the difference for us as individual traders as well. Because, you know, it may be fair for, you know, institutes to, to maybe trade like this, deeper pockets, or maybe it's more investment um, trades that they don't have to have the stops. For right. us as individuals, you know, clicking the button, if, if you like, um, yeah, I 100% agree that you've got to limit the dam, the mental damage. Uh, that happens, uh, that or could happen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, also what you said, I really like this. You say, okay, I have like a, well, a hit rate of 75% maybe up. And it's also something people really need to understand because there's also some kind of misconception about this. They feel like, okay, you're going to have a high risk reward rate, but also they want to have a high hit rate and both together, it's not happening. So if you have like, Having seven losers and three winners, but the winners are big. That's the reason why you have all the losers because you wait for the big move and get stopped out several times before, before this happens. And not everybody is built for this. I'm definitely not. I'm more like you. You know, I want to have 60, 70%. I'm really happy with 80%, but don't ask me for 30, you know, but I, yes. I'm also happy to go with risk reward ratio of two or you know somewhere around this yes. but having all over again and again and again is, is definitely for me the key right yeah 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 it, it's it's yeah i mean i think ultimately we are driven to be successful right uh, and we feel when we've when we win and when we are successful so yeah for me i like to keep that success high and knowing that sure i'm gonna lose and i think the best analogy for me for that is it's just like running a business right you do you don't cry when you get an invoice in your business for your rent or for some stock or for the insurance or electricity bill or whatever that is you taking a loss in your business right it, yeah, it, it, give away some money, money right yeah exactly and that's just the cost of being involved in business you you have a cost and really i think if we can transfer our our thinking to okay the loss was just an invoice of being involved in the market right yeah yeah totally right let's talk about invoices a bit and when with invoices it comes comes traveling because what i also really love when we met first you were also talking yeah well i'm yeah i'm a nomad too and i found like wow there's some more around, you know, they are existing some more people trading, being entrepreneur, doing awesome, some service in financial markets and also being travelers. You live in hotels as well as I do. So where are you right now, by the way? I mean, I'm in Thailand right now. So yeah, I'm so. down, down at, uh, I, yeah, I've been, as I said at the beginning, I got into business to be free right. and it was really always 
dream of, you know, could I, could I literally work from anywhere? And very luckily for the last 10 years, I've been, I've been doing that. So yeah, I'm in Thailand at the moment. I met you guys down in, in Australia. Yeah. And uh, the trip is Japan. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, you all, we also lived couple of couple of years or some time in Australia or all these two companies there, right? Am I right? Yeah, so our, our company's based down in Australia. We got invited down there oh, a long time ago uh -huh. to go and speak at a conference. And it ended up that, you know, we we uh, set up a, a company down there. We got our financial license down there. We have a, a lot of uh, Australian clients, which I love. I think Australia is a great place to do. People are, are wonderful as well. So yeah, we um, you know pre COVID we used to be down there quite a lot, but mm -hmm. but now yeah, just getting back to it. Yeah, back to Southeast Asia and 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 yeah, Japan. I love I love to go there as well. I would be I think be around next year. Now for me, it's you first ski. of all going back to South America. Okay, do you ski well? Not really. I'm more the beach guy and big city guy, but. Oh. Great snow in Japan. Yeah, I heard of. Are you going for skiing there? Yeah, yeah. We we know we yeah. Again, pre-COVID, we would be there uh, every year for some skiing. And yeah, March we're back up there because because the weather is too good in 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 Thailand in January and February. It's like the best best month. So uh, we'll go over there in March. Yeah, I mean, you already showed me the picture of your hotel, the view. You're just sitting exactly above the beach. You see the shore. You see, you see, you have the sea. You have people relaxing there. You so it's a great lifestyle, right? So you can be wherever you want for a certain time. Then you can can go. You're you somehow you're based in Bangkok, as far as I know. You live live there quite quite often and. Uh, But now you're at the beach, you go to Japan, you go for skiing. I mean, imagine having a lifestyle like this, right? Yeah, I mean, it, look, it's phenomenal. And it, and it, I think it, it needs to be said that that's my choice. But I yeah. think that trading offers the ability, you know, to do what, what anyone else wants. You know, maybe people want to be with their family more, you know, uh, yeah. or golfing more or, you know, getting involved with their hobby, being spending less time in the office or getting to the beach or going on a boat. And I think that's the beauty is that the, you and I, we choose to, to do this and travel, but, you know, uh, it's down to the individual. And then that goes back to the markets, doesn't it, of of what what market will suit you according to what lifestyle you want to live. Yeah. Yeah, or exactly. Frame. Time time frame, or do you want to, you know, typically I trade for, you know, maybe about an hour a day. You yeah. know, so then I can have my lifestyle around trading. Um, yeah. But again, you know, some like to sit and scalp for three hours or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some, some people like this. Some people like to do some swing trades to just like, you know, some uh, market analysis for th 30 minutes, maybe one hour, just open trades and go. Everything is possible with trading. And that's also what I really want to point out is with these interviews that really people feel and see, ah, yeah, first of all, it's a job, it's a business. Second, I can do and get whatever I wish for. It, of course, you get right. also, if you wish for punches in the face, here you go. 
but you also can get the good sides. You can also get the upsides. You can you can have the lifestyle you want. You can be with the family the way you want. You can have the car that you want. Maybe you need to work a little bit more for it, but anyway. And you have the lifestyle you really desire. It's possible. And that's the only job I know that offers you exactly this. And that's, that's what I am very grateful for. And we, we better are. For sure. Best business in the world. I tell you, it is. really it is. It, is. it is. So speaking of, let's assume I would like to, to go as a trader, we'll have my very first baby steps. What is your suggestion for me? How can I enter the market? What will be for me very important to know before I just blow off my account? Okay. Uh, well, a lot of things. I think one, it's it's getting very clear on what you want. What do you want from the market? You know, why are you doing? Why are you doing this business? What's your end goal with this business? Is lifestyle? What is that? How much money do you want to make? And then start working from there, because you know, there's what you want, and then there's what you have, and what resources you have. You know, because if you know you've got a few thousand dollars and you want to make hundreds of thousand dollars, well. Yeah, what's the what's that road gonna gonna start to look like? So I think that's important. Number one, getting very clear of what you want. Two is like, okay, well, how am I gonna educate myself? I think you know, maybe it's not the marketing that's out there, but it's you know, if you were to want to become a doctor or you want to become a pilot or you want to have any kind of profession, it's gonna yeah. take some time. So, you know, assessing how that how long is that going to take setting up some milestones uh, maybe that also relate to to income who are you going to learn from what are those people like are they real traders uh you know do, does their systems work you know making sure that before you're putting your money on the line that that you know you're investing in in the right thing so i think the key thing is just taking a bit of time and doing some research finding out what this business is all about and and ultimately of course getting around people which are you know successful in in, in the business yeah sounds excellent cameron thank you so much for all the insights i mean we we rounded it pretty up so we we, we saw your past we okay. saw your lifestyle your strategy your well also your suggestions so thank you so much for your time, for all that, what, what you just gave to us, and I hope to see you next time. Somewhere around the world, most likely Bangkok, most likely Thailand. Let's see where it happens. So great to see you again, and hope to see you also very soon. That's already it, and I really hope that you enjoyed this episode and you took away some learnings for your personal trading. If you want to learn more about me, about my interview partners, if you want to have a one-on-one -on -one coaching or even get into a training course with me or my interview partners, just get into the show notes and follow one of all these links you find there. And then I will be happy to hear and see you again. Your Wieland Alt.